you will find that once you begin to basically turn the ties to your favor, certain things will be done like the cases will be changed, case numbers will be changed, the acting judges will be changed, and the attorneys for the opposing party, whether it's state of or whoever else is bringing a claim, the attorneys will be changed. And depending on the severity of their liability and how you're presenting things in terms of personal liabilities and whatnot, what they will do is they will go as far as to actually get an out-of-state attorney to come hear the case. Usually most attorneys, whenever they get their, their local bar number, their 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 license numbers, not the international standard lawyer numbers, but the local ones to do business as. It's usually tied to specific court. So any given attorney has permission to quote unquote practice law within a specific court. And usually if they bring an attorney from out of state, that attorney is not admitted to quote unquote practice law within that specific, you know, municipalities or tribunal or court. And most of the time, when they bring out of state attorneys, you should make it your obligation to cross reference the information of that new attorney because chances are. It's going to be an out-of-state attorney for business reasons. And even then, that out-of-state attorney still has to be functioning under the auspice of the current attorney in that division. Because each county will have divisions of you know, state attorneys and whatnot. And whoever that out-of-state attorney is would have to kind of work as a partnership with them. So that out-of-state attorney will usually just do a notice of appearance. If it's a municipal uh, tribunal, they don't even do that crap. They just go along with it and just get along with it unless you bring it up. But if you're in a federal court, they usually, they usually do things a little bit more formal, so to say. So the formalities are there. So either way, you can bring this up. Either it's on federal level or state level, because this there's an equivalence of this on a federal level also. But just for state courts, so to say, if you're in a county court or if you, whatever type of court you're in, equity court, whatever it is, this is always a consistent factor. And it is this: every out-of-state attorney requires something called pro hoc vice. Spread pre R O H A C V I C E, which is basically a statement that requires permission and that shows certain information. And that pro archivita uh, document has to be served upon all parties. So if you do your due diligence and, and figure out that, oh, this attorney that they're now passing along to, you know. They're passing the baton to you're not a state attorney 
you can disqualify that man or woman besides the fact that statement of counsel is insufficient you can bring that in you know through the full faith aspect of article 4 the last clause of articles of confederation or you can just use the state constitution or the federal constitution that has that same uh, full faith clause so you can use that and conjoin it with the fact that here in Illinois, it's Rule 707, permission for an out-of-state attorney to provide legal service and proceed in Illinois. Everything they're doing is a service. It's all a service. This is also why the right of, of association is always at play whenever they try to compel you to take an attorney or try to push an attorney on you, a public defender, have the right to associate they cannot compel service upon you if you don't intend or qualify to enter into that contract with them it's just that simple nonetheless it says here that not a state attorney shall include the following information in the statement and shall serve the statement upon the administrator of the attorney registration and disciplinary commission this is the people that basically oversees them the Illinois Council to whom the attorney is associated in the proceeding, meaning the partner who is passing the baton to them, like, hey, look, I don't want to take care of this, I don't want to be liable, so I'm bringing someone else out of state, even though it really everybody can still get it. And third, the attorney's client, meaning whoever it is that they're representing, and all parties to the proceedings entitled to notice. How, how is it determined that someone is entitled to notice? Well, it tells you all parties to the proceedings. If you've entered the matter as real party and in interest properly and you've provided evidence of it, or if you're coming in as whatever it is you want to come at, if you're admitting that, hey, that's me right there, cool, no problem. You're party to the proceedings. They must give you all this information about them. They must give you their registration, their registration number, their names, their address office, their business, where they're admitted to practice law, their email address, their phone number, other jurisdiction they do business at, any subsidiary locations they might have in this state that you're currently in. And the statement that they've also filed with the Supreme Court of Illinois and so on and so forth but nonetheless they you, you just you know the equivalence would exist in your state the bottom line is all out-of-state attorneys must file a statement which is basically a permission that says hey I'm here doing business in this state although I'm not admitted to do business in this court so here's my information and it must be served to all parties And even when they do that, you can still attack their standing and capacity. Since they attack you on different ends, just keep these in mind to be used. It's different tools to go at them from different ends also.